Y'all are not going to like today's episode. Y'all are not going to like me after this episode. Let's see how many loyal listeners I have after this episode. Let's get into it. I'm Audacious Adri. I'm inching closer to my mid-30s and my knees couldn't agree more. I live in LA, my depression is cured, and I'm trying my hardest to find free parking. Let's navigate through our spiritual, physical, and mental health so we can live our best lives, yeah? I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, (laughs) y'all. Welcome to the Audacious Adri Show. I'm Adri, and if you're staying home because gas is too damn high, why don't you follow me on all of the socials? At Audacious Adri Show on IG, at Audacious Adri Show on YouTube, at Audacious Adri on Twitter. Can we talk? Like, gas is so expensive. It went up a dollar, like a dollar forty in a week. And I'm just, I'm verklempt. Like, I don't know what to do about all of this. I am very, how do you say, um, frugal, frugal. And I really, it is my duty to save gas. Like, that is what I do. I'm not making extra trips. I'm not going to go places I don't need to go. Okay. Because gas is already high in California. And I looked at a post that I that I posted. You know how IG will be like this this time last year? Literally, this was this is how I know it was God. Literally, there was a post that rolled up on me, and gas was, guess what? Four dollars and twenty-one cents. And and the post had the nerve had the nerve to be complaining about how expensive gas was. I think I was like, California really messing with me. And I'm just like, dude, I literally paid $6 for a gallon. And that was in one year. So I just, you know, everything is just a hot mess. Everything is just a hot mess. And I just, sometimes I dissociate and sometimes I just pretend Sometimes, honestly, (laughs) y'all, this is a really honest episode. Hopefully every episode is honest, but this is like a really, really honest episode. That's why I said that some of y'all may not like me after this, but we'll see what happens. Um, Sometimes I just pretend that I am a 17-year-old and it's 2003 and Brittany and Christina are kind of low-key having a feud still for the, they're, they're vying for the reigning pop princess crown and I just pretend that all is right in the world and I don't know if any of you are dealing with that I don't know if you're you know I know I have some listeners that are in their 40s and 50s I have some that are in their 30s and I have a lot you know that are in their 20s but if you know anything about a little thing about nostalgia and I've talked about it before it's just been really getting to me like it's still a thing so I don't know if I need therapy or if I need extra Jesus or a deliverance session but I you know, I'm going to keep it transparent here just as a content creator. I really have been like, I I disappeared for about six weeks to just take a rest. And I came back, I was still on the internet, but I wasn't on as much. And I like after, after kind of not being on it as much, I wanted to, you know, you want to check out what you missed. Like, what did I miss? So I'm going through 
all of these posts and, you know, watching how the internet is because it's everything changes so quickly nowadays. Like back in the day, six, six weeks would mean nothing. Nothing would happen now. Like so much can happen in six weeks. And it's like that fear of missing out that FOMO that is, it's, it's like, an anxiety that's rushing that used to ru- rush in the back of our head. But it's like, I feel like for me, it's just rushing to the front of my head. Like, Hey, you missed out on so much. And I start to feel like an impediment because I feel like these people on the internet are, they have camera crews to film reels. They have whole camera crews. I'm like, how do you folks think of all of this stuff? Like I, for me, I'm just like, I just want people to listen to my podcast and, Listen to like, and just kind of be down with all the projects I'm doing. And people full on have like drones and these really expensive camera tools and like the iPhone 65. And I'm over here like trying my best not to type, you know, the caption wrong. And then you know, I'm known for like a couple typos in that caption. But I'm 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 really at the end of the day, I'm really impressed with the creators nowadays. It's it's just honestly, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I watched um oh I can't think of his name right now, but he's so lovely. He's the Canadian dancer. He's uh light skin and he has uh go backs. He has cornrows and he used to always make videos, um, like you're the girl, you're that queen. Don't, you know, don't give up, believe in yourself. Dante, Dante Coley, I think his name is Dante Coley. I think, oh my goodness. I really hate if I'm saying his name wrong. Um, but he's incredible. And he's been making these videos of him dancing. He did one with Janet Jackson and he did the choreo alongside her, um, her video on a projection screen. And then he, choreographed his own moves to a Normani song. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I remember being seven or eight years old at my house watching VH1. Yeah, because I'm a VH1 girl. I was a VH1 girl before Love and Hip Hop, before the reality TV, before all of these shows. I was a VH1 girl. And that's where I learned a lot of my really obscure taste in music because, you know, MTV was mainstream, BET was, um, you know, black culture, which I both loved, lived, loved those stations. But I, you know, every now and then VH1 got a, got a couple views from me. Right. And I'd be watching my VH1, mainly like my Mariah Carey or my pet Benatar, LOL, if you know who that is. Right. Um, and I, would dance in front of the mirror. And I always thought to myself, I want, I always wanted my family to get a camcorder so they can cam, you know, camcord me, camcorder. When's the last time we heard that word? So like I am aging myself, but I remember being, you know, young and like wanting to do, thinking in my mind, like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could do like a side-by-side with the moves from, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blew my mind because I knew every single move. And, like, now people are doing that. And it's, like, not something that's, like, so futuristic or, like, so, uh, you know, creative. It's just something that would have been really cool. And people are, like, doing that. But, like, with actual cameras and crews and, like, teams behind this. So, I, you know, I, I get a little overwhelmed with, with, uh, with create, like, with the internet. It's, like, so much. So, if I don't know anybody or I have any tips for me. It's, I would love that. I would love to 
be more creative and really explore that side of, of my craft. I mean, it's very important that I stay up to date with things like all the TikTok dances and stuff. I don't know. I just feel like when, is there a line? Like, am I too old to do that? Like when, when do you, when do you say like with your brand, like I'm not doing a freaking TikTok dance, you know what I mean? And I, I have to ask myself those questions, but definitely something to think about. Let's get into today's topics. Just like Nicki Minaj said <laughs> about Cardi B, she uh, gets she gets sympathy in payola. Hopefully, like Cardi B, I will be able to get some sympathy from y'all by telling y'all about my day because, you know what, I don't feel like y'all are going to like me after this episode because we are doing an unpopular opinion episode, okay? Yes or no, <laughs> whichever way, wherever you sit on that spectrum, but I just feel like it's time. There's been a lot of stuff happening in society, in the media, and just in my head, which is a whole uh, organism, which is a whole uh, metaverse, which is a whole Marvel universe inside of there. So I feel like it's, I think we should just, I think we should just discuss it. I think I should get these thoughts out of my mind. But I want to start off by saying this. I already kind of have a lot of popular opinions. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're not new here, if you've been uh, riding with me for, for about seven to eight months, you kind of understand that I think a bit different because of Jesus, because of God. And when you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as soon as I said to, to God and I said, you know, to my, my spirit said to the Holy spirit, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, I remember when, when, uh, when Hillary, when Hillary was running and they had the I'm with her, like my, my, my situation says I'm with him and it points up. Okay. So because I follow Christ, essentially as a, as a Christ follower, I'm an alien here, right? Isn't that so bizarre? Christians are so weird, right? But essentially as the, as per the Bible says, it says that I'm an alien here. I'm just journeying here. This is actually not my final home. My final home is in heaven. So I'm not real. I, I abide by the laws of the land, but I actually have laws that are high than the laws of the land. So when God tells me to do, God's not going to tell me to break the law. And sometimes he will, if it's a, a righteously, you know, a righteous, a righteous break of the law. There's times where some people have broke the law for, for righteousness and they were directed by God, but God, God is, God is holding me um, accountable and all of the other Christians accountable to a law that's higher than, than don't kill, don't kill people. And you can find that in, in anywhere in the gospels where, where it says, um, you know, the, the, old law like there there used to be like the 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 mosaic or not the mosaic i think it's called the mosaic like the jewish law like you know there are certain things that you can't eat certain things that you can't put on your body and a side note when people say when christians call out non-christians for like doing simple things and when non-christians say but wait a minute you're not supposed to match certain fabrics and you supposed to what what those Christian, the non-Christians are doing, they're pulling up laws that are actually void that Christ, Christians don't really even follow anymore because when Jesus came, he completed the law. I know I'm, this is like not a theology lesson right now, but you can look it up. The, we're not really held to those standards before. So that's why Christians can wear, I don't know. I don't even know what, what it is. It's like, you can't wear like polyester and uh, in a cotton blend. Okay. Like, it's like, it's like certain things like that. And like, so it's so funny when non-Christians are like, well, what about that? And 
<laughs> that's a whole other topic. But I'm I'm not held accountable to the old rules. When Jesus came, Jesus shook everything up, and that's like kind of why. Um, he was killed because the Roman government was, and the Jewish leaders were afraid because they didn't want to um, lose power. It was like, it was a, Jesus's killing was a political move, right? It was just a political move. It was, um, a, it, he was sacrificed, not just for us, but he was sacrificed for, for their agenda, right? And this is like not a, a theological lesson. I am not a the, theolo- theologian. I can't even say the word. But essentially when Jesus came, Jesus was like, listen, I know that because everybody was Jewish around him. So he was, and he was like, listen, let me tell you something. I know that our rule is this, that, and the other. But what I'm saying is that we're going to go a bit farther than that. I know that the law says, um, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If you're, if your neighbor plucks out your eye, you got to pluck out theirs. He's like, actually, no, this is the, we got, we got new rules now. Okay. We had an update. You know how when your iPhone updates and everything's different, you're like, how do I even find, why is Instagram different? Why is TikTok all different? Jesus came through and did an upgrade. He did an upgrade on how people live their life. It was a societal upgrade. You know how we can't say certain things anymore and we do this and we have to say certain things and we got to address people a certain way. We've had an upgrade in in society. So Jesus came through with the upgrade and he was like, listen, it's not just an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If your neighbor plucks out, you know, if your neighbor, you know, smacks you across the face, give them the other cheek. It's not enough not to want to, not to kill your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Okay, and I talked about this last episode, but what I'm saying, the kingdom of heaven is so completely different that one of my favorite uh, verses, and, and I believe it's in Matthew, representing the kingdom, it says, the 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 first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's, so in society, the person in, in, you know, in our society, he's got the most money, he's the most good looking, got the most influence, you know, has, has a beautiful home, has a beautiful wife, has beautiful children, has all these things. Um, and according to Jesus in the kingdom, he will be the least and the poor psychotic homeless man laying on the bench is the greatest. He's the king in the kingdom of heaven. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. So that's that's essentially the laws and and the and the uh the the culture that I follow and that my my other my my brothers and sisters in Christ we follow. So I'm going to already think different and and when I don't want to think that way God does his very best to make sure that I start thinking the right way. And so I, you know, there's a lot of things that I say on here that people may not agree with because it's so countercultural. And it's not, I'm not saying it because I'm, you know, I want to be cute or I want to be different or, you know, these are like my, like, this is just what I want to do. I came up with it. No, this is actually like, I'm going by the word of God. I'm going by what my King Jesus says, not what your King Biden may say, you know, or your King Trump or whoever you worship as a politician or influencer, you know, and no judgment on that. Um, but I, I'm going off of what, I'm going off of what Jesus said. So for instance, um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but back, you know, during Trump, like a little bit past, a little bit past Obama's second term going into Trump, I got really, really angry at white people. I got really, really angry. Grew up around white people my whole entire life. Been around them from birth on. And I just started getting really angry at white people. And I got angry at white people because of 
the things that had happened to me in, you know, in life. And I just started getting mad at white people for things that have happened in society and to my ancestors. And so I kind of started doing a little bit of activism. And activism, I'm not saying activism is bad. Activism is great. And activism, actually, I had a conversation with my brother this week about how, um, Dumb things that we was protesting about, they actually kind of worked. And it's actually kind of scary, like, because I I was telling him about how um, society is perceiving me as a black woman and how I've noticed it is very different than it was in the past, like, 10 years. And it kind of scared me a bit. It was very just, it was like an out-of-body experience. But I... I, I I got really angry at white people and I just, I didn't know what to do with that anger. And instead of like using activism in a logical, intellectual way, I just was just yelling at people. I was yelling at people. I was pointing fingers and I wasn't, I wasn't even myself. And, you know, I've been in some situations where I've had to educate white folks about, or even other people that are not, that are not black about certain things. And, you know, the whole the whole basis of of this whole movement is like I shouldn't have to educate you, and I completely understand that, especially if that is your job and you want to be compensated for that. Um, there's just there's a time and a place, and I think there's a time where you sit down and you say, you know what, that hurt me because this is this is a thing. You touching my hair is uncomfortable for me, and you shouldn't do that. And there is a time where you sit down with somebody. And you say, oh my gosh, you think that? Oh my God, you're wild. Why do you think that? Who taught you that? Did you ever meet somebody that, you know, there's, I think there's a way it's like, it's like, it's like dealing with, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to compare this, but it's the only way that I can think of how to say this. And I don't want anybody to be offended at this moment. Um, it's like a, it's like a, when you're talking to a kid about something that they've never understood, they've never dealt with before, there's ways to do it. You can discipline them and spank them, which I don't believe in doing, or you can sit them down and explain why they were wrong and the consequences of that. And you can say which one is more effective and some people will say, well, the spanking is more effective. Okay, well, that is your opinion. But if we measured it, if we measured it, does spanking actually prevent the child from not doing the thing that you said that you spoke spanked them for? For me, my parents spanked me. I didn't really care. I would actually rather get a spanking than being grounded because the spanking was two seconds. The grounding, you know, it, I missed out on something, right? So when... for so. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, y'all. I'm getting there. What I'm saying is that, like, when we yell at people and go, you know, jump down their throats, are we actually accomplishing what needs to be done here? And I think there, there sometimes is a, sometimes we need to, to go off, right? When things are just like barbaric, I think sometimes it's like we need to get barbaric back, right? Um, there, there is a time to have a conversation and there's a time to knock if you buck, right? And, but I think just on your everyday level, every day, your, your, your mailman, your coworker, your, your neighbor, you know, your barista, I think it's important for us to just establish that common ground and have a conversation. And I'm not judging because this is something that I have been, that God has been working on with me. Because when I came to California, I was like, I don't like white people. 
I was like, I don't want to be around white people. I do not like white people. Like that was my thought when I came to California. I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to be real. I had kind of cultivated a life that really cons- uh, included little white people. I had some white friends that I had been friends with for over 10 years, 10, 15, 20 years, and they were kind of around me, but I wasn't looking to make new white friends. That like I wasn't going out of my way. So God has really been working on my heart about that. And I've actually kind of not involved myself in politics because Paul, I, it's just so divisive. It's just so divisive. And you know, there's a time and place for that. And I do love politics, but God is really working on me. And I just choose to kind of stay out of it because I'm, I'm focusing on peace. I'm focusing on commonality. I'm not focusing on division. I'm focusing on commonality. Right. And that's a big theme for me. So let, let's just stay on commonality. Right. So today this, I, there was a, there was a situation at work and this client was kind of confusing and I just had a feeling they were going to no show. And it was for my boss who's the owner. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. So I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a way to get to the situation, like prevent the situation from happening and like, like not even involving my boss. So no one got back to me. And I kind of had like a, I was like already kind of on the, I was a little bit like ready for negativity. Right. So this client walks in and I'm like, hi. And she tells me her name and I'm like, your name is not the person that I have on the schedule. So I'm like, here we go. I already knew something was going to be up. I just already had like a, like a wall up. And she goes, I'm so-and-so and da 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 And I was like, oh, and she was like, so-and-so, the person that was contacting you was my daughter. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was telling me what had happened. And I started remembering this conversation that I had with her, which is not important. But anywho, <laughs> I heard her accent and I thought to myself, oh, this person's probably not going to be a fan of black folks. I'm telling this is literally what my mind, and my mind actually does not even think like that a lot. Like I'm in a very um, white space and I just, a very white, wealthy space. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, here we go. This person, their culture does not gel with my culture. So this is not going to go well. So we, she comes in and she's like, oh, I'm visiting and da, da, da. She started telling me about her life. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, where are you visiting from? And I just truly, there was like, it was like when the Holy, if you've ever dealt with the Holy Spirit, there are moments when the Holy Spirit just speaks. The Holy Spirit just drop like he, I can't even explain it. It's just like an instant, a blink of an eye. The Holy Spirit just intervenes and your whole everything changes. Like my whole disposition just changed. Like, like the Holy Spirit straightened my back and put a smile on my face and basically changed my whole disposition and was like, listen in, change the, change it up, sis. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to just fully, I'm going to fully go into this situation and experience what is in front of me. So long story short, I just started asking this woman questions. Me and this woman talked for like 45 minutes. My boss was late. We talked for about 45 minutes. I ended up finding out that this woman was from another country, um, had an arranged marriage, came to America, lived in New York. So we already had, we had that commonality, um, lived in New York, had a really cool job. It's something that I'm very interested in. And we didn't even get to talk about it because there was so much other common ground that we were sharing. And she ended up being 
literally an angel. We talked so much and I just like, we talked about politics, which I never talk about, but we talked about, we talked about Black Lives Matter, which I never talk about with clients. I just don't talk about politics. We talked about, you know, the war and we, which I don't, which I haven't really been talking about. So we hit a lot of those um, topics that I just kind of shy away from just because it's just a lot. And we just, we just shared a lot of really wonderful moments. And I thought to myself, well, we have a lot in common. And I said that to her, I said, you know, we have a lot in common. It's so interesting that your culture and my culture don't really gel. And she was like, no. And she said, you know, I, 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 that hurts me. And I really wish that there was something that we can do. She's like, I've been thinking about this for years. I go, why can't we just defeat white supremacy together? And she was like, you know, that's a great question. I, I don't have the answer for that. But I thought to myself, white supremacy was defeated right there. A a, a European woman and and a black woman had a 45-minute fantastic conversation related on many levels. This woman was in her, I think she was in her 60s and comes from from Europe and just, I mean, completely different backgrounds, immigrant. And, you know, and, and, and we just related on so many levels. And I don't know if you guys know me, but I'm not really like a touchy-feely, lovey-dovey kind of person. I'm very, like, I'm very logical. And at the end of, um, I mean, I'm seeming just a little bit emotional today. But at, at the end of her service, um, she was getting ready to head out. And I said, you know, you really are wonderful. I said, you have a wonderful, beautiful spirit. And I'm just so glad you came here. Do you mind if, if I hug you? And I never hug people, especially strangers. And she goes, absolutely. And we shared this most beautiful, incredible embrace. And y'all, you ready for this? She said, it's the God in us. It's the God in us. And she walked out the door. And when I tell y'all that made my entire your day, it made my entire day. And it made me think like, you know, we are so quick to judge. We're so quick to judge. And when we take a moment and we straighten our back out and we deal, it it just, and we ask questions, we actually will, will experience a lot more than we ever thought we would experience. And I'll tell you something. I had a less than, like literally not even an hour later, I had a less than desirable situation with a white woman who was was like she I don't even think she was realizing what she was doing but it was happening and it was still kind of affecting me when I tell you I got over that I was just like girl bye I didn't even let it get to me like old Adrian would have been like blah, blah, blah. I would have made a big deal about it I probably would have been rude to her I was just like girl I don't even care you're not about to ruin my day because you're ignorance okay bye like I literally didn't even let it get to me so I say all that to say like this might be my unpopular opinion right now honestly like if we want to defeat white supremacy, we have to stop judging other people. And even if, even if I know black people are going to be upset about this, but it's like, what are you, what, what is it helping you? I know this is really hard for me to say. And I, and I, and I, I understand nuance. I understand it. I understand nuance to a T. I understand white people more than a lot of black people. You know, a lot of other black people probably understand them because I've been around them so much. Like I've gotten to see some white folks in like their most natural habitat. Generally at a Dave Matthews concert, on a ski slope, 
in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> eating a casserole. Like I've been around white people in such, you know, just their natural habitats. And I just see how they think. And I'm not saying all oh, white people. I'm just saying, and I'm not giving you, and I know Common, the rapper Common got a lot of flack about this, but he was like, why if we just extend a, a loving hand? I'm not saying like extend a loving hand. I'm just saying go into every situation in life with positivity and with love and with the high frequency, knowing that no matter what, how anybody treats you or no matter what anybody thinks about you, that you are loved, that you are somebody, that you are special. And if you're, you know, if you have ancestors that were enslaved or you immigrated here, that you, all of that happened so that you can be here. You are not less than anybody. You are not as, as, as you're not less than anybody. You're not, you know, on your, just because you don't have something doesn't mean that you're less than a human. You are here for a reason. And that, and this woman, this European woman that I met said, if, if, if we both cut our, our, cut our hands, what color is that blood? Red. And, and that's really what it is. And I know that probably sounds kind of corny to some of y'all, because if I would have heard, if I would have heard somebody say this in like, from like 2014 to 2020, I would be like, if you don't get your freaking, <laughs> Gandhi looking kumbaya looking self somewhere but honestly as a person who was angry for literally like seven years it did nothing for me and I remember when I yeah like I said when I first came to California I was like white people no get out of my face and it's so wild I meet white people all the time that are so lovely and kind there are some that are not lovely and kind, and I've been treated poorly by white people, you know, all the time. <laughs> but it, like I said, remember when I said that I had some bad days, but I had a really good day, and it made me really appreciative of the bad of the of the good days. Did I say that on here? Hopefully, I did. I did a couple takes of this, but <laughs> if I if I. <laughs> If I did say that, it's like all like the the bad interactions that I had with folks that are not about black people, it all falls to the wayside because of good interactions that I have with this woman today. So I don't know. Lesson in that, lesson is that do not judge people. Do not judge people, whether it's black, white, Puerto Rican, Haitian, gay, straight, tall, short, fat, skinny. Don't judge people, but I would say build a, you know, find, find a commonality. If you can find a commonality and share in that moment, it was, it was otherworldly. And I, I talked, I talked about this with my aunt and she's like, listen, that was such a high frequency moment. And I said to her, cause we're all about being high frequency here. Cause that's how you manifest stuff. You can't manifest stuff at a low frequency. If you want, if you're, if you're asking God to, uh, Oh, I want to do this and do that. You can't do that. If you hate people, and you and you operating in hate. And let's let's just at the end of the day, you want to have that dream life that you want to have. You can't be walking around hating people. That's why some of these activists are begging. Come on now, right? Like I'm. This is an unpopular opinion episode. That's why some of these activists are begging and they want money because they can't manifest because they are operating in hate. They're operating in hate. And you know what I saw when I was. Ooh, let me. 
When I was in the activist circle, what I realized from my point of view was that some activists that I was around were kind of upset with me because they, you know, they called me privileged and they said I ain't never been, you know, through anything. And I was, they called me, you know, they called me secretly like Oreo. And so I know that, I know that they did these things. And it's like, at the end of the day, they were mad at me and they were mad at white people because they wanted privilege, the same privilege that these white people had. They wanted the same thing. So they were mad at me, but it's like, why would you get mad at somebody like, what, it, does it make sense to you to get upset with somebody for having privilege instead of being like, yo, how'd you get that privilege? Or, hey, can I get, like, asking nicely, can I get some of that privilege? And, hey, f- look at me. I have privilege by proximity. I have privilege from proximity. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day, and I was like, hey, because you are in close relationship with this person, you benefit from there. And I'm not saying be friends with people or be in relationships with people because it benefits you. But I'm, I'm just saying you, you, you meet a person and they're a giving person. They want to bless you. They want to bless you. And, and see, I made the mistake of having people around me that were, couldn't manifest and were, upset about what I had. So instead of asking me how I got it, what they do, they took from me. They took from me, they stole from me. And what they tried to do, they tried to build, they tried to knock down the the relationships that I made. They tried to ridicule the relationships that I made because, because they were upset. And that's what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, if you're man, if you're trying to manifest something, you're trying to build a life for yourself, you're trying to co-create with God, the the, the lowest thing that you can do is be hating on somebody. And that's, this just this is just a continuation from last week. Woo, so that just got really lengthy. So let's talk about the next thing. Since we're talking about why people, I'm going to go for this one. Y'all are not going to like this. Y'all are not going to like this. But this is just what I've seen. This is what I've seen with my own two eyes and with contact lenses stuck to these eyes. I've seen it myself. Okay, so answer me this. For those that want to abolish the police... Um, what are y'all going to do when folks are trying to break into your house, folks are trying to break into your car, folks are trying to shoot you, folks are trying to steal from you, want to argue with you. This homeless man just like literally bucked up to this man and was like ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you going to do in those moments when like crime happens? Because we're at a point in society where the richer are getting richer and the poorer are getting poorer, especially after after devastating COVID for the past two years. So many people, record number job losses, record number poverty, record number um, just just destruction and chaos as far as people's financial situations. It's bad out here. I hear people in, in my hometown talk about it all the time. So... No, but like, I'm not judging. I'm just asking, what are y'all going to do when things continue to go downhill? Who are you going to call? Are you going to call Ghostbusters? Seriously, who are you going to call? And I want to tell you this because I see it every day. These rich folks, they don't got time for that. They can hire private security. I see them every day. These rich folks out here, they got backup. They got guns and they have... They have their own private security. So I know I know some people will say, well, we don't mean abolish completely. We mean just like reallocate the finances. I can get with that, okay? But there are some people that are really like, truly like, we don't need cops anymore. And listen, <laughs> I tighten up when I see woo-woo behind me too. I tighten up when I see 5-0 as well, okay? I get, 
I get a little sweaty palm as well, okay? But um, who who are you gonna call if somebody comes and they wanna they wanna shoot you? Seriously, like I this is no judgment. This is just like the straight up questions. If anybody has answers for me, please let me know. And you know, I I know some people are gonna say, well, community police policing. Um, y'all go have fun with that because I'm not community policing no one. Okay. These folks get paid to do this. And you know what? If something happens to them, their family is taken care of. Is your family taken care of? If something happens to you, if you want to bust in on a burglar, what's going to happen to your family if the, if the burglar got, got goons too? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not being a jerk. I'm just really, truly wanting to know. And these are just things that I've seen with my eyes. Another thing that I've seen with my eyes, y'all is, hmm, there is a difference between rich people and wealthy people, since we're talking about it. There's a difference, okay? Um, Wealth has nothing to do with money, okay? I want to just make that very, very clear. Wealth has nothing to do with money. Let me tell you what wealth is. Wealth is health, Wealth is mental health, physical health, and spiritual health, okay? The fact that you are here and that you're wanting to learn something new, you're wanting to hear my thoughts on spiritual, mental, and physical health, the, th- the fact that you are taking care of your body, the fact that you're taking care of your mind by keeping your mind stimulated, by reading books, by having intellectual conversations, by learning something new, the fact that you're eating healthy and working out and, and saying no and not putting poison in your body, the fact that you are praying and forgiving your enemies and fasting and and giving and utilizing all these spiritual practices, the ones that I talk about in boot camp and the ones that I talk about in like almost every episode, it is definitely you're utilizing these principles. And let me tell you something, you're making yourself wealthy. So so what if you were a person who was sick? And you are a person who was didn't have any kind of spiritual relationship with a higher power. And you were a person that was honestly foolish or unwise. And 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 say you won the lotto and just like many, you were handed $25 million. Just like all of there's a show on TLC. It's about people that have won the lotto. And like most of the people, I would say the majority of the people end up broke in like less than five years. So wealth has nothing to do with money. It's your mindset. It's your mindset. I meet people that have a lot of money, but they are absolutely miserable. Do you know how I know? They treat people very poorly. They're very stingy. They're not healthy. They're, they're not happy. You can tell. You can meet somebody and know if they're not happy, if they don't, if they don't have joy. I, in my mind, in my mind, y'all, I'm wealthy. I may not live in a mansion in, 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 in Bel Air or drive a, a Tesla. I mean, Tesla's not even that expensive. Or drive a, what's like a really expensive, a Ma, Maserati? Is that a really expensive car? Maserati. What's like the most expensive car that you can get? Like, a, oh my God, I almost said Balenciaga. That's fashion. <laughs> I'm trying to think. A Maybach. I know a Maybach is a Marcialago. Um... Let's see how much a Marcielago costs. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Marcielago. Let's see how much that costs. Like, I really want to know what the, what that girl is. Marcielago. I know there are cars, a Phantom. There are cars that cost like half a million dollars. Oh, Lamb- Marcielago is a Lamborghini. Okay, Lamborghinis are expensive. Let's just see. I'm going to click shopping for Marcielago. 
Boy! That's crazy. Okay, let's see how much this costs. This is so fun. Like, have you ever seen Ellen or whoever do, like, they ask, like, a bajillionaire, like, how much a loaf of bread costs? Who was it? Bill Gates? He was like, he was like, does a loaf of bread cost, like, $12? He was like, does a gallon of milk? He's like, a gallon of milk's, like, $18, right? Like, he had no idea. I love that. This is, like, the opposite of that. <laughs> Marcielago cost. It doesn't even tell you. That's how expensive it is. Boy, $450,000, Okay. Oh my gosh. That's just so crazy. I don't drive a Marcielago. <laughs> I don't drive a Marcielago, but you know what? My heart is so pure. Like, I'm so blessed. I have so much joy in my life. I am healthy. I have, I eat well. I put fresh fruit and, and fresh vegetables in my body every day. I, I, I love the Lord. I like, there's so many things that God has blessed me with. And, and it's like, I'm so wealthy. And I want to say this, if you live in America, you're wealthy. And it's like, I, it's like so hard in California because like everybody is so showy about their money. But it's like, I, I was having a conversation with this woman I met a couple weeks ago and she was saying that she spent, um, like a month or two in Bombay for her job. And she was like, let me tell you something. She was like, I needed therapy after that visit. She was like, the folks over there, they live with nothing. She was like, they have nothing. So there is no, she was like, there is no infrastructure there. And she was like, they're actually some of the most happy people that I've ever met. And she said it messed with me because she's like, here we are in LA and people are like, oh my God, my BMW is a year old. I need to get a new one. Like people are going to think I'm so poor. And she said it was really, it was really difficult for her. She said it was really, um, just, it was disorienting for her and it really made her have to think about her priorities and so we, there's wealthy people that complain about, I hear it all the time, y'all. Oh my God, I haven't been to Fiji in so long. My neighbor went, oh, she's so annoying. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm not judging these folks. I mean, cause I say things like that too. Like, oh my God. I said it the other day, I was like, oh my God, we don't have oat milk. Like I literally, <laughs> where I know I was somewhere. I'm like, ill. they don't have oat milk here. What? And I caught myself and I was like, I'm quite embarrassed, but it's, <laughs> we're, we're so, we're so wealthy here. We are so rich. We are so rich in America. We're rich with things, but what is your mindset? I'm telling you, if you can be happy and content with what you have, you have mastered this country because people think, okay, if I work hard, if I work, if I get a degree, if I get a fifth job, if I do all these things, then, and then I can buy a house and then I can buy a car and then I can go on the best vacation and then I can get red bottoms and then I can get this and then I'll finally be happy. And then they get all of that stuff and they're still miserable. Ask any celebrity, ask any celebrity. If that weren't true, we wouldn't have celebrities dropping dead offing themselves here and there. People that we love, people that have entertained us for years, wealthy, creative, incredible, uh, incredibly charming people just dropping dead because of, because we 
often think of this is, you know what it is? Marketing. I have a marketing background. I was just talking about this with these gentlemen the other week. And I was like, I have a marketing background. Marketing is so, it's so like, how do I say this? Marketing is so, it's so smart. Because marketing takes our insecurities and this just like sense of emptiness that we just innately have as as people that are sinners and it capitalizes off of that and it tries to sell us a product and it says, hey, 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 hey. I, oh, I wrote my I wrote my senior fashion school paper on this about counterfeit counterfeiting items, bootleg items. They actually fund terrorism and sex trafficking, right? And the crazy thing about bootlegging is people don't give a crap because they want to have a Louis Vuitton because if they have a Louis Vuitton, then people will think you're rich. But who cares? Because there's billionaires that got freaking times on. I saw a billionaire who I know was a billionaire. He had unnamed brand shoes on. I was like, what are those? You know what I'm saying? But he's got more money than than everybody in the town of freaking Webster, New York. And he's walking around with a ta- with a no name t shirt and a no and no name shoes. And let me tell you something. I studied fashion. I love fashion. I love fancy things. I love luxury as well. But what I'm saying is that we shouldn't put our identity in these things. We shouldn't put our identity in these things because what they're just it's just a, a car is just steel and rubber. A sh- you know a shoe a red bottom shoe is just a regular shoe with a sole painted red. And that's what marketing does to you. Marketing can have a shoe that costs forty nine cents, and and can and mark it up to four thousand dollars because there's a certain prestige behind it. Certain people will perceive you a certain way if they see you walking one way and they see those red bottoms. But at the end of the day, if you are wealthy, you know that with a four thousand dollar shoe or four dollar shoe, you are that girl, you are that guy, no matter what the clothes on your back, the the house that you live in, your education, your car, none of that stuff defines you. And that's where you gotta figure out what then what defines you. And for me it's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ defines me. He's the king. So what does that make me? I'm that girl. I'm that girl because my father, God, is the king. And nothing can nothing can stop the king. Nothing can trump the king. When you play, you know, when you're playing chess, there, certain things can trump certain things. And you can you can make, you know, you can I don't play chess, but I know that certain things trump them and you can they have more power. Nothing has more power than God. Nothing is more bad badass than God. That's probably so sacrilegious. I'm so sorry. I couldn't think of anything better to say, but there's nothing that is more cooler and more like more prestige than God. Truly. So, so I, I, I want to encourage everybody to work on their mindset. If you were to lose everything that you had, would you still be able to like walk confidently down the street or would you have that head hanging low? Because guess what? We all saw through COVID in the snap of a finger, you can lose everything. In the snap of a finger, you can lose everything. And this, let me tell you something. Where this is a transparent episode. Something I went through when I lived in New York. I had it going. I had it going on. Money in the bank, business, apartment on Park Ave, another job, going to all the fancy restaurants around town, cl- closet full of clothes that I didn't even wear. Target trip every Friday, money, just like savings and regular money in the bank, and and that all changed. That all changed. I was I was sleeping on the floor at, at, at a friend's house. And I was subject to so many friends. I got kicked out by like every single friend that I lived with. 
Because they were like, girl, get out of my house. <laughs> but that's what I, Like, I was like, what, is this my life? Is this my life? But God has shown me that I had my identity and some of the things. And you know what? It can be taken away. And by the grace of God, I've been able to rebuild myself. Not in what I have. Not in what I have, but in God. And God never changes. You know, you can, you can, you can drive off the lot right now in a 2021 Marcialago and or 2022 Marcialago, and then a 2023 Marcialago will come out six months later. And if if that's your identity, dang, dang, it's a whole new one out the next the next week. And and the things are just gonna keep keep getting produced faster. So put your put your hope and put your identity in something that will never change. There will not ever be an upgraded version of God. God is the same. He's he's the he's the most upgraded. He's the most high. So there's nothing that could upgrade him or make him cooler. He is the coolest that he's ever gonna be. So put put it's like there's a there's a scripture in I think it's Matthew 17 I think it's just talking about building your house on the sand and building your house on a rock. If you build your house in the sand, sand is 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 easily movable. The wind will blow just a little bit and the, and the the house will fall down. But if you build your house in a rock, it will not move. So put your faith in the rock. Put your faith. Build build your personality. Build your identity. Build your hope and trust in God. Okay, this is getting long. Uh, but I, I want to say this. I've been really wanting to do like a relationship episode and just like talking about like all the mistakes that I've made. And that will probably be uh, a four hour long special because I have just so many. But I've just learned this. And this is from conversations that I've had. You know, when I moved out of New York, I explored Colorado for a little bit and I lived in San Diego for a little bit and then I've been in LA. So I had the opportunity in, in two, you know, not even two years to be in three different cities and to meet lots of different people, meet lots of different men and women and all in between and just different people. And it's, it's been really interesting to hear different perspectives about gender and gender roles and dating. And this is just something that I've learned. This is, this is honestly, most of these things are just based off of my experiences, but this is based off of like my own thing, my own complex that I've had. Um, I, this is for, this is for the ladies. Okay. This is for the ladies. Let me tell you something, women achievements don't mean anything to a man. They mean nothing. Okay. Um, if he's checking you, checking, you know, checking you out, um, it's honestly because it's, he doesn't care that you've gone to school. He doesn't care if you've achieved anything big. He doesn't care about how many degrees you have. He literally does not care what you've done. He doesn't care about your GPA. He doesn't care about any of that. Okay. A guy will see a girl walking down the street and he'll be like, mm, she looks good. Let me go talk to her. Okay. Mm, she has all her teeth. Um, she smells good. Okay. She can hold a conversation. Oh, okay, cool. Let's go. They go to dinner. He asks her out. They go to dinner. They're talking. She say, where do you work? Oh, um, I work at McDonald's. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, da, 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 da. literally men do not care. They do not care. And you know, let me tell you something. Do you know why they don't have to care? Because we live in a capitalistic, uh, you're right, here I go, 2016, Adrian is coming out. We live in a capitalistic, um, what is it called? Uh, masculine, patriarchal society. So essentially men make more money than, than women and they are 
a lot of them assume the position of the provider. So if they are not in the position of the provider, it kind of, they don't really have an identity. That's just how this, how society was built. They, I mean, they were built, this basically how men, that's how we've evolved. Men, uh, since beginning of time, were generally hunters and gatherers and women stayed home with the children. They nurtured, they built the home. So that is like a lot rooted in a lot of their identity. So essentially when men don't have the opportunity to survive or to provide, they will kind of not have an identity and they will a look for an, uh, an opportunity to provide elsewhere. And they will also start to resent you. I'm not saying women don't do good things. Okay. Cause I know that we, as women are out earning, we are like black women are the most, um, educated women. They're like the number one growing, um, number of, of entrepreneurs in, in America. Amazing. Love it. Do it girl. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of like a lot of those different sectors, you know, entrepreneur and, and education and a lot of those things. And I've, I've seen it myself and it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because once you start hitting a certain income bracket, tax bracket and education level, you as a woman start to kind of filter out some men because you want a man to be on the same level as you or higher. And it's actually so interesting how society works because I read an article the other day that said that women that have higher IQs and are, are, uh, and are more educated, actually, um, it's more difficult for them to find partners. They end up getting married older and they essentially, I don't want to say, I don't, you want to use this word because I don't want to make it. Um, they it's, it's, I was going to say it's a more, it's sometimes a bit difficult for women that are a bit more educated and make more money to find, uh, equal partners. And I don't want to get into the why, but what I just want to encourage women. Cause I used to be the kind of woman that would say, well, if I meet a man and I want him to be successful, I have to be successful too. And wrongo, wrongo. Let me tell you something, women. All you got to do is look good and smell good and be feminine. And if you want a man that provides for you, that's all you got to do. Just be yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. That's all you got to do. Now, if you don't care about that, if you don't follow traditional gender rules, if that's not your, if that's not your tea, if you, if you don't care that the man stays home and raises the kids, I'm not talking, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Okay. I just want to make, I just want to put that out there right now. Cause I know somebody's going to get in the DMS. Like we don't follow traditional stupid patriarchal gender roles. Okay. I respect it. Okay. There's been parts of my, um, other, you know, past relationships or maybe a couple things in my future relationships that may not be considered traditional, but I, I respect, I respect, you know, if you, if I, if you like it, I love it. But what I'm saying to the women that are, um, cisgendered, uh, traditional, want a man to provide for them, maybe want to stay at home with their kids or even just work, you know, work a full time, work a full time and then have the man right there working with them. Let me tell you something. If a man, if, if a man is, clocking you or checking you for the things that you've achieved. And he's like, Oh, Oh, you don't have a degree or treating you like that. It's probably because he's broke <laughs> and he's a, he's a, he's a, a faker and he wants to eat off of you or he's insecure, which is essentially the same thing. Okay. Now, if you don't want to believe, you know, if, if that's not, if you don't want to believe it, you don't have to believe it. I'm just saying, if you want to marry like a straight masculine man, and that that's just the T. And I, as a person who 
has been in, you know, several different types of romantic relationships. This is what I know. Okay. And you can, you can check, you can check me on that. And I think it's called hypergamy. There's a lot of people that talk about hypergamy and hypergamy is controversial, but that's just like how society has been going for, for all of these years, you know? And is and it's 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 kind of hard for me y'all because I'm a high achievement person. I like to achieve stuff. Like I'm like give me the degrees. I want to make the most money. You know just because I like I like to challenge myself. I want to do all these things, but at the end of the day like your partner is going to champion you and like and 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 get in and support you, I'm sure no matter what, if he really loves you. But if you're, if, if you are a woman and you're like, I want to do these things so that a man can notice me, please like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Do the things because you want to do them and because you want to impact the world and you want to make your mark. But if you just want to be a simple stay at home mother and you want to just water your plants and make your gluten-free pasta and your homemade meatballs, that's totally okay. I think society just wants so bad for us to morph into something that we're not. But if you, for your whole life, said, I just want to be a mother. And I used to be the kind of person that would judge women like that. Like, why don't you want to do anything for yourself? Be something. As a person who, I, I many of my clients were stay-at-home mothers. Actually, stay-at-home mothers were the were the pillar of of my business when I had a cleaning business. And, and you're like, why would a why would a stay-at-home mother need someone to clean a house? Because they're home all day with multiple children and children are so disgusting. They're just slobs. And sometimes when a mom wanted just a break, maybe if the kids were at a play date or at school for one, I had a mom who their kid went to to went to preschool for one hour and she just wanted a nap. Instead of having to clean the house, she just took a nap and I cleaned it. So I have so much respect for for stay-at-home moms. And I had to get into that place where I was in proximity to them. And I respect them. And I respect any woman who wants to do anything that they want to do. And it's, it's all good. Do what you want to do, my love. I can't believe I only got through like three or four unpopular opinions. I just, I'm really long-winded today, y'all. But I'm so glad that you came to the Audacious Adri Show. These are my unpopular opinions. I don't know. Let me know how you feel about them. Hit me up on socials. Send me an email, uh, audaciousadri at, wait, it's adri at audaciousadri.com. I'm tired. It's been a very long day. I'm still an introvert and now I need a nap. It's probably time that me and Joe Biden go nighty night, but, (laughs) but I'm so thankful that you're here. I love you so much. And I just hope, you know, my hope is that everybody just opens their, opens up their mind and you know, develops a fifth sense and just just spread more kindness and love into the world. And I, I want us to all have high frequency so we can manifest that life that we want to live, right? Because we survived two, we've just survived two of the most wild, wonky times and we're living through a war. <laughs> we're living through an actual war. So let's just, let's just do our best to live the best lives that we can, right? Right. Love you all. Talk to you soon.